And now, a special presentation of Faith Fit Radio with your host, Catherine Laguna. Welcome back to Faith Fit Radio for an exciting special presentation. I'm Catherine Laguna, and today I have Justin Fatika, co-founder and executive director of Hard as Nails, a national Catholic organization that serves schools and churches to introduce people to Jesus. He joins us by phone. Hey, Justin, how are you today? How are you doing, Catherine? Doing well? Can't complain? Getting excited for life and excited to make a difference. I was just doing an event in Toledo, Ohio, and someone came up to me and said, when they were listening into the, one of the radio programs I've done, I do them all over the country, their life was impacted, and I hope the same thing can happen today for all the listeners out there. That is so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being with us. And uh, so tell us where you're calling us from today. Uh, Syracuse, New York. That's where our headquarters is at. A very cold place, that's for sure. <laughs> I know. There's a lot of snow, a lot of snow. See, exactly. So none of us in Florida should be complaining about the 50s <laughs> that we had sure. this morning, right? <laughs> that's for sure. That's why, uh, you know, when I was younger, I couldn't, you know, schedule our, our tours around the weather. But as I got older, that was one of the great blessings. <laughs> we, we have a South Bus tour in January on purpose. Let's get us out of the... Uh, cold weather here. <laughs> exactly. You get a little bit of an escape. <laughs> yeah. So then Hard as Nails, it's a ministry that has served millions of people since 2002, which that's really extraordinary. And you guys do so many things around the world. Please tell us the mission statement of what Hard as Nails is all about. Well, really, there's a lot of hard hearts out there, especially with the anti-Christian society. A lot of hard hearts that aren't interested in or even open to Christ at first. And what we're really good at, our great gift, is to be able to open the hearts of the hardest of hearts, people that come from a wealthy background, uh, suburban kids or suburban adults who, who maybe not, might not listen to a, a theological you know, message like tone at first. They're going to need more stories that we share. And our mission is to awaken those hardened hearts to the power of God's love, that every single person we meet may come to know the love of God in a new way, that old things are past and new things will come, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, that our goal is to awaken every person we meet. And we've been doing this, and it's effective, similar to St. Dominic, similar to a lot of the great saints. We, we model ourselves after taking the natural, taking natural things like working out and making them supernatural, taking natural things like a simple story. My mom died the other day mm. and how Christ answered that just yesterday. Simple story that I heard from a man who his house burnt down. And I was helping him take four of his dogs out of his house. And as we took the dogs out, he shared his story about how his house burnt down. Um, his company helped him through it, but, he doesn't know where he's going to live or how much money he's going to have or what he's going to do now. And we take simple, natural things, and we help make God a part of that, to make Christ a part of that, that it makes sense. Oh, yeah, that's why I need Christ. That's why I need God in my life, because he can take the natural story of death to life. So that, that that's in a nutshell. We're... we're uh, you know, a very simple message, but we like to go to the heart. So 
Yes, that's beautiful. And you're a well-known speaker and author, and you get to travel to so many different parts of the country that not other people have the privilege of to share the Catholic faith. So share with us how you created this beautiful outlet of faith to share with so many. Yeah, well, 44 states, uh, seven countries later, millions of people. Um, it's humbling, you know, really, Catherine. Uh, when I When I was 17 years old, I... I prayed for the first time in my life. Like, you know, I, I knew the Our Father. I knew the Hail Mary going to Catholic school. But I had a hard heart. Mm-hmm. You see, I was a sensitive kid, but as an Italian boy, you know, you don't use your <laughs> sensitivity. It's not going to help you. You know, you need to have a tough experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I found out that I did have a, a, a heart for God. And I bowed my head and I prayed real hard. I said, Lord... You get me through this, Lord. I'll give you everything. And I meant it. I meant it as a 17 year old boy. And I remember that prayer like it was yesterday. And as I prayed that prayer 20 um, some odd years later, I can tell you that was the greatest prayer. Like I hope all of you will pray Lord, I need your help. Lord, Senor, I need you. I need your help. And as I prayed that prayer, I can tell you all the lives have been touched are because of that prayer. It's not because of me, but the lives that I've met in the Midwest who work so hard and really the heart of this country who just keep us going, or even the West Coast that have been out there, you know, 13, 14 times, and, you know, you know, thousands and thousands of people later from the West Coast of, of you know, they're, they're hanging out doing their thing, but they're, they're, they're looking and searching for God and there's people everywhere where I go searching for God, but the greatest gift has been these suffering souls, people that have had children pass away, people that I meet that have cancer themselves, people that I meet that share their suffering with me, tell me that I was abused or tell me that I don't know if I can make it in life. I want to give up, but but the but is the God. But God, help me through it. I, I have so much hope for this great nation. I have so much hope. I know a lot of people are like, ah, oh, we're in a tough time. But I have hope because the people that are listening right now and the people that share their stories, they hear uh, that God can make a way, that God can make it better, that God is a reason for our hope. So, yeah, it's, it was a prayer, and I never thought I'd be doing this in my life full time as an itinerant preacher. And now eight paid staff later, 14 volunteer missionaries, and we actually have a priest coming on board next year. I'm the editor of the Magnificat, the founding editor of the Magnificat, Father, you know, Peter Cameron mm-hmm. uh, decided to resign from the Magnificat and come serve our postulate full time. Wow. So we're, we're really growing. Uh, God's doing unbelievable things, and uh, it's humbling, that's for sure. Wow. And and all of that started with just one little prayer from a little boy. So that's incredible. Yeah, pretty pretty, <laughs> pretty much a high school boy just saying, I need your help, God. <laughs> and all I can tell you out there, if you're listening, bow your head. Mean it. Don't just pray a prayer because you got to. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, it doesn't go far. Pray that prayer because you want to. Pray that prayer because you believe that the divine God cares for a finite being like you and me. Pray it with everything you have, and I promise you, God won't wave by. God will say hi. You know, he, he, 
he's a guy that wants to say hi, but he's a gem. He's not going to force himself upon him. Exactly. And something that actually caught my eye was that I would say you guys have a slogan, which is you're amazing. And you even have like some of your book titles are with that slogan, which is very beautiful. So tell us about the message of you're amazing. Well, I mean, a a lot of people wonder because like hard as nails, you're amazing. It's kind of like the opposite. (laughs) Uh And people always like, where did you get that message? Like, where did it come from? It was you're amazing. We are amazing because God didn't send his son to die for a loser. And, and my goal is that everybody knows that who they are. Because when you know who you are, then what you do will follow. What happens is, is most people in life, the what they're doing defines who they are. And that's when dysfunction happens. Disastrous things. That's where a lot of the things that people are getting in their sexuality a lot of things that people are getting into in their own personal walk with their jobs, with their careers. All those things define them. We need to let the maker of this universe define us. The king who came to care for us and the God who's our father who came so we can be daughters and sons. So that's our message. It's on our bus. We have a 52-er bus that got donated in 2000 and I think it's 12. We've been driving around that for almost six years, six years this March. We have every vehicle we have. We have five vehicles. And every single vehicle we have has your amazing on it. <laughs> because that's our tag. I kind of like, you know, Nike, just do it. Yeah. We actually have something so cool I want to tell you about. It. We have something called the Your Amazing Family Parish Mission. That's our big thing right now that we're excited about. What that is, is we go into parishes and do K to 5, 6th to 8th grade groups, ninth to 12th grade. We have a parents group that works with myself. And then we have an adult group that works with our priest, Father Peter Kim. And we go into these parishes. So we're impacting every group within a parish. And then the final night, we all come together to share what Christ has done the first two nights. Unbelievable. Because God wants to share this your amazing message with all ages. My aunt was dying of cancer there. And uh, she said, I'm, I'm an English major and I love all your books and writings, but people don't understand your message as much as I wish they did, Justin. I said, what do you want me to do? She says, I want you to write a children's book. And so my dying aunt, she passed away on December 25th um, in 2014. And my dying aunt, her wish was that I'd write children. I, I wrote that children, right? I'm not a good uh, illustrator, so I was like, how am I going to draw pictures? So I had no clue. <laughs> and then God, so good, had some random volunteer call up and said, hey, I'm a cartoonist. I'd like to help you out. <laughs> and, and he did the cartoons for, he did the logos for the Chicago Cubs. And he ended ah. up helping us out. Yeah, he ended up helping us out with our children's book. So everything we really strive to do is, is to bring that identity message through all that we do. Yeah. So what goes into writing Christian faith-based books? Because I'm a fictional writer, so I know how to... That's harder. I feel like that's easier (laughs) for me. You can just create whatever you want. (laughs) Well, I think for me, like, why my last book is doing so well, and it's really powerful, you're amazing, Uh, through Dynamic Academy, you can get it for $2 for a a book for your parents. Just go get them. I, I wanted to get it out there. That's why I went to Dynamic Academy. 
you know, I, I really think for when you're writing, it's all about, you know, and I know it sounds wild, but getting naked. Right? It's, like, <laughs> it's all about like being vulnerable, mm-hmm. putting those things. Like one story, I'm writing a, a, a new book right now, just working, you know, just, you know, shaping it out. And I have a story that I tell, I'm working on right now in there about when I was in the eighth grade and my uh, counselor died. Uh, and I remember that, you know, because you're a kid. And how when he died, like, how it hurt me. And then I got a new counselor that was helping me. You know, because, you know, when we're a kid, I have this much energy. I've always needed help, you know. And my counselor, you know, the, the next one basically told me you'll never make it to college. They mm. basically told me that you're going to have to go to a specialized school. And I never saw my dad cry, even at a funeral, but I even asked him about it this Christmas. Do you remember when you cried at that in that counselor's office? He goes, oh, yeah, that was dumb what she said to you because it wasn't true. I said, yeah, Dad, I mean, that, but that, that I just want you to know that affected me. And that really shaped me and helped me to, to really find out who I am as a man. I just wanted to say thanks for crying for me, Dad. Aww. You know? And like, but it's in nonfiction writing, it's about really not just your own life, but also getting into other people's lives as well. Putting yourself out there. We, we live by these three evangelical virtues, we call them. And so faith, hope, and love are the theological virtues. That's what we're all called to live, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have the cardinal virtues. Those are what help us to live out the theological virtues. What I believe right now in human history is we need a deposit of faith into our Catholic faith right now, in this moment, that we need three virtues to live that will help people to receive faith, hope, and love, and then be guided by the cardinal virtues of prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude. We believe that the evangelical virtues will be a deposit of faith that we're going to give the Church. If I were to die, I'd want to give something back to the Church. And we want to really share our charism, which dives into these three. And we're like, what are they? Number one, courage. We need to be courageous in everything we do. That's the power. People will listen. Then we need to be authentic, real, as real as we can be. That will open people up to the love and to know they're encouraged by you. And then obedience is so you know you're not some radical, you know. That you're obedient to the majesty of the church and you're obedient to someone because people aren't obedient. You know, you got to, like my grandma, look, you want to be a great chief, you better be a good Indian first, you know. So <laughs> I want to make sure to do that. And so we really follow after those things. And I really believe those are, um, you know, what will help our church really gain momentum to get more people involved with their faith. Like I went to my barbershop today. He's like, man. If everyone lived their faith like this, I think churches would be packed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I've got any answer. The only answer I have is courage, authenticity, and obedience, just virtues. <laughs> so then speaking of sharing faith on different platforms, like on books and stuff, your social media is huge. I mean, you're a pretty active user on Facebook. So how important would you say evangelizing through social media is now in the 21st century? <laughs> well, well I, I have to be authentic here. 
<laughs> I didn't start doing social media really heavy till this year because my board and all my, our staff started challenging me. Because <laughs> I was like, come on, are you serious? Do I have to do this? This is painful. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's your story. They, I was the last one to get on board. I had to be that. Everybody's like, yeah, but you'd be great, but it ain't you. you should do this. I'm like, oh, man. Social media just drains me. It wears me out. I'm like, give me a headache. It's a headache waiting to happen. But unfortunate or fortunate, however you look at it. I mean, we had 1.1 million viewers of our Facebook Live last year. Mm-hmm. I mean... If that doesn't say that people are on there. <laughs> I'm always like, what are they doing on there? <laughs> really? Like, you're just sitting there watching it? God help us. Poor people. Poor people. But really, it just tells you, just like St. Paul, and if you study the scriptures in the book of Acts to make this biblical, I know I'm going to make social media biblical right now. All right. St. <laughs> Paul had an avenue to Rome, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was connected with through through his business tent making through his world, he had all the right pathways to Rome, and they had the power. And so he was able to get them to listen. If we have a pathway through social media, and we can get people to listen to get them to the sacraments, to get them to silence, to get my goal is to get them off social media. That's the goal. The goal is to go get them to get them off. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't go on, but that you discipline yourself when you go on and you spend time in silence, like our missionaries and myself do each day. Our missionary team, our exemplary missionary team, 14 minutes, they'll spend anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours in prayer every day. They're always telling them, you're like monks, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. We're, get, we're getting them back into prayer, getting them into So my goal is that you get on social media, and then you give them the gifts to connect with their families, to connect with their God in person. So, yeah, you got to use it, unfortunately or fortunately, however you look at it. <laughs> but we've been very effective. Our Instagram right now, I don't know how they've done it, but, like, it's been out of control lately. So I'm not, you know, I have to, I have to admit, I've got, we've got a lot of team. I've, I've got a, a great team. I and mean, when you've got... I mean, think about it like this. When you got 23 to 25 people full-time with you, look out what God can do. Because mm-hmm. it's not because of me. I can't take credit. <laughs> the reason we're doing great things is because of a great team and a lot of good people. And that's what I want to tell you in the church. Don't discount the people around you. Get them engaged. Get them involved. Let's not be lone rangers, right, Ken? Mm-hmm. Let's be people that, like, go, hey, hey, you. God can use you. I was just telling a group, I was speaking with a bishop. I was like, look, bishop, I don't have many tools, so if God's done what he's done with me, just think what he can do with all of you great people, you know? Like, it's unbelievable what he can do. Yeah, you guys have a really good positive um, presence on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, they, I have to admit, I mean, it's, it's fun because it's youthful. You know, our ministry is very, that's where the charism has been spread through young adults and youth. You know, as I get older, people are like, oh, you're older. Yeah, I am older, but we've got a great future ahead of us, thanks to people like in the Orlando Diocese 
who've come on board and have seen the importance of this. It's so important. You know this better than anybody doing the work you do. To work together. To see greatness, not just in yourself. No, don't get too caught up in yourself. Laugh about it. Everybody's like, you pick out yourself. I go, you need to get over yourself. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like if you can't laugh at yourself, your life's boring. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I remember one time a lady came up to me. She said, you're pretty intense. She said, you need she, I was speaking at a big tent revival. It's a Catholic one. The average age was 73, you know? Uh. <laughs> so she's like, don't you think you tone it down a little bit? I go, ma'am, I've been hearing that since the third grade. She says, no, if you tone it down, your message will be much better. I said, ma'am, can I be real with you? She goes, sure. I said, you had to deal with me for one hour. I got to deal with myself all the time, so you feel bad for it. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, good point. Keep up the good work, you know? <laughs> you got to laugh. My, my whole point is saying is, like, let's not take ourselves too seriously. God wants us to engage as many people as we can. And to be able to work together. And that's why our social media is going so well, because we're a team. So let's work together as a church. I think that's what God wants us to do. Stop picking on each other. Start working with each other. Yeah. And so something that's really good with Faith Hit Radio is that we try to reach out to a lot of the young adult audience. So what would you say is a message of faith that you can bring to young men that are, you know, being very doubtful with their Catholic faith at this time? Well, I think for young men, they need to start getting dangerous. You know, <laughs> young men want to be dangerous in a, in a good sense. that They're doing something of worse, taking a stand for something of worse. That's a little risky. When I was a young man, I didn't want to do something that was easy. And a lot of them that are listening to right now, I want you to take a risk for me, young men who are listening. And I want you to take a risk, and the risk I want you to take is to tell the person that hurt you when you were 8 or 12, that they're still in your life, I want you to go, hey, you hurt me when you did that. But I'm going to love you anyways, and I'm going to pray for you. We need to take risks, like what we did yesterday, going and helping the home. Take a homeless man out to eat. Just take him out to eat. Sit him down. Yeah, yeah, he wants the food, but that homeless man wants more than just food. They want your presence like we want Jesus' presence. Taking risks. Take a risk and challenge somebody with love. Do it always out of love, not out of pride. But just take a risk. And if you're struggling or doubting your faith, in that moment of risk, God will move. And how do I know that? Zacchaeus in the tree. Jesus took the risk. In the moment, he went out to dinner with Zacchaeus. With that woman at the well. I remember when I was a, a boy, I, was, I just had my conversion, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, Jesus, help me. How am I going to evangelize? I had no clue what even evangelization was. I'm 17 years old, and I started to talk to people. All of a sudden, they started mocking this girl who was pretty active with a lot of the young boys. And I looked at my friend, and I said, you stand up on this chair right now. Stand out in front of the whole cafeteria and talk what you just said about that girl. You tell everybody. He's like, no way. Mm -hmm. I go, if you're going to talk about it with your boys right here, right now, then you be you better be ready to share it from the housetops. Come on. This is one of my close friends. He knew I loved him, but guess that challenge. In that moment, he didn't. Then they stopped talking junk about that girl. Now, that's the risk I would take. 
but your, yours might be a silent risk. Take a chance and risk and pray for somebody for 40 days. Say, Lord, in the next 40 days, I'm going to silently pray for this person and make sacrifice. Put a rock in your shoe. I see young men who want to be challenged. They want to be challenged for greatness because greatness lies within them. So if you're out there and you're a young man, you're saying to yourself, what can I do? I ask you to do if anything. Call up the person that you love, that if they died tomorrow and they weren't with you, God forbid, that you haven't loved them enough. If there's one person you haven't loved enough and if they died tomorrow, you'd be sad because you haven't loved them enough. Take a risk starting with this today. Call them up and say, mom, dad, brother, sister, aunt, friend, past girlfriend, past whoever, ex-friend. Call them up and say, I'm sorry I hurt you. Take that risk, gentlemen. It'll be the greatest risk you ever took. If you can't call them, write to them. If, if you're getting dry in your faith, you got to mix it up. It's like working out. We work out in our ministry. We do something called the prayer workout. And we work out for people suffering. Like uh, our chaplain, his uh, mother just passed away. So I was working out for his family today. I think it's very important. You know, if I did legs every day, I'd be an awkward looking person. If <laughs> I, you know, those guys that only work out their upper body. Mm hmm. They're awkward-looking people, <laughs> right? We're going to be awkward Catholics, right, if we don't mix it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So so find ways. You know, if you haven't done the liturgy hours in a while, do liturgy hours. I love Bible reading. So, like, each day, reading a Bible takes you three to five minutes. You know, you can call our office. I'll send you as many Bibles as you want, you know, for free. If you pay for the shipping, I'll send you the Bibles. God bless you. I beg for them so I can hand them out for nothing. So, you know, get in your Word of God, underline one Bible verse a day and put it in the notes of your phone. I've been doing that for three years. That's been so helpful, just to remind me of that. And I, I think mixing it up, you know, if you've been doing something for a while, don't not do anything, but <laughs> start with something new. You yeah. know? I think a lot of times we get in these ruts because uh, we have strongholds. And then uh, like my father taught me, one of my favorite things he ever taught me that I really believe is, if it doesn't hurt, it doesn't count. Mm. If it doesn't hurt, it doesn't count. And I think there's some great truth in that. If you're not uncomfortable, you're not growing. And I think a lot of times we can get so comfortable. And, uh, you know, don't forget also in closing, something that always has helped me is to get out of yourself in your every natural day life and pick one person a day to share your three minutes of power with. You're like, what's the three minutes of power? Three minutes of power is the greatest challenge you've ever been through. Like, so what's the greatest challenge you've ever been through, Kevin? Oh, man. Well, recently, like a challenge, recently um, I had to go back to Puerto Rico. And it's so sad because, you know, it was right after the hurricanes. But um, yeah. my grandmother passed away. So that was something oh, that was we haven't really had to deal with death in the family in such a long time. So revisiting yeah. that grief and that sorrow, yeah. that was something that I don't think I was prepared for. Yeah. So once a day for the next month, you're going to tell somebody about that. Mm -hmm. Hey, I went back to Puerto Rico. My grandmother died. It was tough, you know, for our faith, for life. And then you share, but what helped you through it? What helped me through it? And you discern, you know, 
what helped me through it was my faith, my faith in God and having that relationship with him. And then you tell them, that person, what's changed about you and what are you most grateful for? What's changed about me is not get upset about the big things, the little things, because they don't matter. What matters is the big things, which is people. And uh, no matter what you go through, I'm just thankful that I got to share that story with you. Have a great day. You know what happens when I do that? Every single time they say, thank you so much. I needed to hear that. I remember I went to Panera Bread, Cat. I, I walked in, and this was last year. And I was doing my normal, you know. This is my person today that I'm going to share my heart with because I'm not a monk, you know what I mean? <laughs> and either the missionaries. We teach them to get out there. You know, you're not a, a you know, and uh, a solitude for your whole life. So I look at this girl, and we were taking our tour bus, and I was sick. So my bus driver was kind of, you know, a little frustrated because he's like, why are you going eight miles off the exit? I said, look, I'm sick. Where do you go? And you're sick. You need soup, right? So come on, just go to Panera Bread, please. <laughs> so the bus driver goes, all right, all right. So we get there. Now, it's me, one of the other staff members in our bus driver. There's only three people on this huge tour bus because we're meeting the team in Connecticut. Ah. So we end up going into the Panera Bread. And I, this is, like I said, eight miles, 12 miles off the exit, eight miles. And I look and I see this girl and I say, hey, you're amazing. She goes, thanks. I go, I just want you to know. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You would have thought I like shot her or something. (laughs) She started crying. I was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. She goes, no, no, no. You have no idea what this has done. Thank you so much. It would have been worth the other 300 times I did it over the year. I go, oh, she goes, I can't talk right now. There's a long line. But you have no idea what you've just done. I go, well, I I don't know. I'm just encouraging you. She goes, how can I get a hold of you? I go, go to rememberyouramazing.com. She goes, okay, sure. The next day, I open up my email. Actually, one of our staff members sends it to me. It says, Justin, you might want to read this. She retells about how she carved out that after her second shift, she was going to kill herself. Mm. And she said that by you sharing your life, by you opening up, like, God brought you. She goes, and I thought it was a huge team, she said. I thought it was a huge team, so I was going to have to serve like 50, 60 people, so I wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> she says, but it ended up being God's team. That got, what if we all decided today that once a day we were to share our three minutes of power, we were to open up and be a blessing for us? Can you imagine, Catherine, what we would be able to do? Be, they would hear it from Puerto Rico, and when you're in Puerto Rico, they'd hear it in America. It would be like, man, it would be like, holy cow. (laughs) Yeah, we never really know, like, whose life we're going to affect. And by just saying hello to someone can brighten up their day. You know, people struggle so much and they might not show it on the outside, but they're definitely, you know, suffering on the inside. So that's something that your positivity and our own, we can totally brighten their spirits up. So I think that's a great message. Yeah, it's, it's humbling that because what my big thing is a lot of speakers and nobody in particular I'm thinking about, but you can sometimes think you're just doing this event up on the stage. And especially when I do 75 to 125 talks a year, mm-hmm. you can sometimes get, oh, yeah, it's great what he's doing, giving those talks. But guess what? If I'm not having the same impact in my everyday life, to me, it's dumb. 
I'm wasting my time giving those talks because it needs to breathe out into my life. Mm-hmm. That, the giving the talks is a gift. Praise God. And I love doing it. I'm honored that I get to be able to share the gospel and I'm able to do that in a venue type setting and it's humbling. You know, all the countries and all the cities across this great nation that we've gotten to serve. But the greatest gift is to meet, like the man I met yesterday, Don, whose house burnt down. Mm-hmm. Two days ago, when I was in McDonald's with my kids, and I just go, the lady's like, oh, she goes, she goes I, you know, I've got three hours of my shit. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. you got three hours. I believe it. You can do it. You can do all things through Christ. She's like, hey, man, I'm going to do it. Right? <laughs> this is red. She's like, all right, I needed that. That was my alarm clock. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but it was so much fun. And, and, like, that's the thing. Our faith is fun. Exactly. Our faith is exciting. People always say church is boring. You know what I say? You're boring. (laughs) (laughs) If you think church is boring, you're boring. (laughs) So then where does your passion for God and Catholicism come from? Because it's very contagious. Well, I can't lie. Really, it comes from prayer. I know people don't believe me. Like, like, I spend, you know, over the years, I've always spend a lot of time just listening to God. And it also comes from, like I was saying, like I hope all young adults get a mentor. My spiritual director who was coming to Syracuse to serve our apostle, Father Peter Cameron, like he spent nine years working with me, crying with me when I get beat down and I get rejected and I get hopeless. And lastly, a lot of people say, where is your passion? Where is the passion? Where in our faith, what's passion? Passion is suffering. Mm-hmm. He who sees the most suffering has the most passion. Have you ever been to Africa? Have you ever been to India? They have passion, these people. Why? Because they've seen the most suffering. People think you get passion by collecting things. Or having a nice house. There's nothing wrong. I have five kids, you know, to keep my four boys in order. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> you better have a nice house. They're going to break every wall. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. But guess what? Those things aren't where I get passion. Where I get passion is from the suffering souls that I meet every day in my own life and even in my own family, and with my friends, as well as the people I meet on the road. And so never, and I always tell our missionaries this, never, ever, ever waste a tear on yourself. And you're like, what does that mean? You know when you're hurting or you're depressed or you're discouraged and you're crying? You know when that happens? Make sure to find a place to take that tear and give it to someone else to inspire them. Use your suffering. The Bible says, those who sow in tears will reap in joy. Take those tears. I believe we take all the tears of depression, one in three in America suffer from depression and or anxiety. One in three in America. 
Mm-hmm. If we took all those tears of suffering, uh, and it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. This is not an easy task. But we were to use those tears for others. And the tears of when a family member dies. Tell them. It hurt me. Don't let somebody just die in vain. Talk about that person every day until you meet them in heaven. Mm-hmm. And when they meet you in heaven, say, thank you for not forgetting about me. Why, when someone dies, do we stop talking about them? And when they're alive, we talk about them more. Mm-hmm. When they're dead, they're more alive. We're Catholics. We're Christians. What I believe is we need to take those tears and use them for the glory of God. That's why Our Lady, Our Lady is the greatest evangelizer of all time. Why? Because she experienced the greatest suffering. You are speaking at Melbourne Central Catholic High School on January 29th, and you are speaking to high school students and middle school students. I mean, that's a little intimidating, but I think you got it. <laughs> no, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have fun. We're, just so you know, we have basketball, we got basketball, we got football. We've got, you got to see how the event, you got to come check it out. You've got to see how the event works in. We have, you know, trampolines, bumper ball. I mean, Oh, this is like a carnival. I mean, what is it, a circus? (laughs) Well, I mean, well, you look, you're going to evangelize, right? You got to go to where they're at, and then you can bring them to the castle. Then by the end, they're writing their underlining Bible verses by the end. Hey, that's a pretty cool event then. So if anybody's interested, uh, Justin Fatika's event, January 29th, there's a time slot that's open to the community, and it's from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at Melbourne Central Catholic High School, which, hey, I mean, what is the message that you want all of those kids to take away from them by the end of the day? All heart, all in. Go love with everything you have. There's people in our lives that are counting on us, no matter what age you are. And I want you to go home and tell your parents, and tell your grandparents, tell the people in your life how much you love them. And hopefully, those parents will be like, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you? You haven't said that since you were uh, seven years old, six years old, you know? They go, oh, no, there was an event. There. there was this guy and a team. They talked about Jesus, and they gave me this Bible here. And hopefully, they'll be so excited to share the Word of God, and they'll share that one Bible verse. We have one Bible verse each event that we really want them to take home and share that bio verse with those they love. So mm. hopefully they'll share that with them. That's good. So we're winding down on today's episode, but I was wondering, is there anything you wanted to tell the youth about faith, love, life, just like a short message for them to take away today? Yeah, just, just in closing, my son was two years old, and he memorized his first Bible verse. And he said, I, I, he goes, Daddy? He goes, I know that Bible. I'm like, well, you don't know. It's too long. He says, no, it's 1 Corinthians 10 to 18. No trial comes to you human. God is faithful. He tried to be on his strength, but he'll provide to a child so you'll be able to bear it. What he was saying is, is that no trial comes to you as human. God is faithful. You might be tried beyond your strength, but God will provide a way out of your trial so you'll be able to bear it. Let me tell you what, young people. God can make a way. God can make a way for you and for your family. Trust in him, not in man, and he will deliver you. Amen. Now, if anybody is interested in Hard as Nails, Justin, tell us your website so we can learn more. Well, can't remember you're amazing, right? Are you amazing? <laughs> yes, I am. Rememberyouramazing.com. <laughs> Hopefully after this, you remember that. Rememberyouramazing.com. 
So just go there and you can find all our fun there. And we hope to see all of you uh, at the event in Melbourne. And if I don't see you one day, hopefully I'll see you in heaven. That's the goal, right? <laughs> exactly. So thank you for joining us on Faith Free Radio, Justin. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this special presentation. I'm Cafe Laguna from Faith Free Radio. Catch you on the next one.